Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Braintree and Casper. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined tonight by Christina Warren, senior writer at Gizmodo, and Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat. How are you, ladies? Well, well, I'm waiting for you to get your your Emmy or your your, your you deserve <laughs> some sort of award for the video you made about uh, Pokemon dating. We have I feel to like talk that about is it. A, yeah, seriously, we've got to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. This is the video where literally it came to me as I was riding the subway to work, and I actually started laughing out loud on the subway because I was like, "This is." Gold. So I went uh, with a video shooter to Rockefeller Center and I asked people coming out of the Nintendo store what Pokemon they would date if they could date a Pokemon. Uh, And originally this idea was a lot more NC-17. (laughs) But everyone was like so genuine and cute in their answers and like serious about it. So I was like, okay, I, I gotta I gotta like treat him well. Got to do a really good video about dating Pokemon. I I could not believe how wonderful some of the answers I got were. How well thought out people that that really put a lot of consideration into dating Tentacruel. Why why one would do that? Um, I can think of eight or nine reasons why I would date Tentacruel. But this yeah. guy came up with one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, ten. honestly, yeah. if you're gonna date a Pokemon, you you, you want to go with someone who has, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, listen. I mean, yeah. My my friend Elizabeth uh, corrected me after the video came out. I have to issue a public apology because we did not talk about Entei. And Entei is a legendary Pokemon who's large and dog-like, has a thick mustache, and is wearing what appear to be bondage chains on his legs. <laughs> and there is, I realize now, no other Pokemon that I would rather call daddy than this one. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh my god! So Simone, I, Simone. I really, I owe Simone. everyone an apology. I put this information this out there about what Pokemon you should date. I did not mention Entei. We should all date That's... Entei. Okay, it's my Christina. Dad. What what Pokemon are you going to date? You, you have to tell us. Come on, Squirtle. No, I don't. Why? <laughs> Ew! Why? Squirtle is like a child. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, guys. I don't I'm know. Not that into Squirtle. It's not yeah. funny, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you apologize right now. <laughs> Bolzabar? I don't know. Uh, it, it's a it's a hard it's a surprisingly hard question, especially when you consider the va- the many years, the twenty years now that Pokemon has been around. What about you, Brianna? Uh, so I don't know how you say her name, but uh, Mel Meloita Meloet. How do you say it? It's the she's the singing Pokemon. Like she's got long blonde hair and that's what she does do you know who i'm talking about or do i sound i'm, like, I'm googling furiously no, 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 i think i know yeah, who you're yeah, talking yeah. about all yeah, i'm yeah, getting yeah, is yeah. jigglypuff no 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 here i'll drop Whoa. it in jigglypuff oh, would be oh, interesting oh. mel melota melota yes Meloetta. Meloetta. oh wow she's cute yeah she's really she cute. Is cute honestly she Jiggly, kind of looks Jigglypuff. like if you made a rev 60 character into a pokemon and i see oh yeah yeah yeah, why, yeah. oh yeah you're right you're right i'm looking at the attraction there this would be great yeah, that would be yeah. good. I would be okay with that. I would be okay with that. Frankly, I think I would still have to go with Poplio, who is <laughs> underrated. It's not sexual between us. It's just platonic affection, uh, spending time together, going Honestly, out. That's how, that's how I feel about Evie. Eevee, I, I did get an yeah. Evie. I yeah. did get an Evie response. And the answer was just, he's cute. And I was like, 
you're cute, cute. and I can't put this in the video. Was <laughs> <laughs> he cute? Because that's all you have to say. Because Evie's totally cute, so yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Poplio, yeah. that, 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 that's, that's a fair choice, Simone. Poplio has been hated by too many. I alone can love Poplio. But I think we can all agree that Pikachu gets no love, right? No, no, that would that would be Pikachu really uncomfortable. Pikachu only gets love yeah. from people who don't know anything about Pokemon. Well, and 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 frankly, we, I mean, there are there are parts of Pikachu that you think like might be powerful. You know, the whole lightning effect. You know what I mean? I, yes. I see. I, yes. I see where you're going with this. The, look, I'm just saying the vibration yes. effects might be interesting. I'm, I, I'm just saying, but, but I feel like I would be for all the positives that that would bring. And let's be very frank, there would be some real positives there. I just feel like it'd be one of those things where you're like, I feel like I'm having sex with a child. Like, yeah. if, if, if yeah. we're gonna say no to Squirtle, I, 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 I think it's going to go with an electric mouse. I think you can get yeah. a bigger electric mouse. Fair, but I'll, I'll, although you know, I will say bigger is not always better. Mm-hmm. It depends I think when on the, it comes it, to it, electric mice. It can I mean, be. But, well, I think it depends on, on the electric vibrate on the electricity. I think it depends on 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 you know like where it's being. That's that's fair. That's very. You know? That's a oh, God. a real because concern because genuinely something's too big is too much. I'm googling I, electric Pokemon I, right I, now. I, I agree. I agree. I think we should <laughs> attempt to talk about some tech this week. <laughs> Uh, and so, no, pray I, the I network found, doesn't uh, listen Electabuzz, to this episode. Which I always Nobody about. tell Mike about this opening. Nobody, okay? <laughs> None of our listeners. Just this is all between us. Okay? Don't add us. <laughs> Electabuzz <gasps> has fingers. I'm just saying. Oh, so, oh <laughs> Nelly. <laughs> so we're having a fun show this week because we, are. we, yeah. we talk about a lot of serious stuff on here. And I mean, when when Christine was gone and Michael was on, we had a really super super serious topic. So I feel like yeah. we're we're balancing that out. We're we're sending some good vibes back into the universe by talking about uh, how much Nelly owes in back taxes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 it, it, it's it's getting hot in here. Um, so so take off all your taxes. Someone um, needs to make it rain. If yeah, you will. we got to make it rain. Like uh, I am getting so hot, I got to take my you know like W twos off. Oh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Spin wrote this week about how Nelly needs at least $2,176,547 in streams, in hot in here streams, to pay off his IRS debt. So he has he has some, some tax, some yeah, tax so he's, debt he's, built he's, up. He's, he's got more than $2 million in tax debt. That's both for, for federal and state. Um, and what they did, which was interesting, is they calculated, like, well, how many streams would that have to be? Like this how is many a very rare situation where we could genuinely affect the financial status of an artist right. and understand, like the I guess the the amount that goes in and what comes out of that. Because Spotify just uh, talked about uh, how much their artists make per stream, which is somewhere between right. it's sad six it's really six sad. hundredths <laughs> and eighty four hundred. I, I might be reading this wrong. Hundredths of a penny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. That's it, pathetic. It's, yeah, just just read out the decimal to the decimal point. Um, uh, uh, so between zero point zero zero six and zero point zero zero eight four, and that's before dollars. all their like managers take their fees, all and the, the label. all the in the label and taxes. 
Yep. On top of that. So, is that yeah. It says pay out four artists per stream. So is that well, the no, cut? No, or no, is no, that- no, 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 no. That's what goes to the labels. That's the label fee. Oh, and then the okay. labels will then negotiate from there to the managers and the A&R and, and the artists. Now, some artists obviously have better deals than others and might have like separate cuts that they might even be able to get above and beyond, whatever that is. They might be able to get an individual stream rate that is better, but this is by and large what you can expect. So assuming that Nelly is getting the 0.0084 cents per play, um, and, and that's a big assumption, frankly, um, because, you know, Nelly hasn't had a hit in a minute. I mean, it's he's been the best. a long time. You know, time. he is yeah. he, St. Louis is a long time, but the fix was a while ago. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 been a while since he was number one. Uh, yeah, but Christina, there, come on. Stop Hot it, Christina. Just that is stop one it. Of, that is one of the greatest songs ever made. I would really I, I'm not even joking. I would I'm put that either. in the top Look, ten. I, yeah. I, I think that his first two albums, Country Grammar and Nellyville, I think both of them are fantastic. My point though is that at this point, you know, Country Grammar is is sixteen years old and, and Nellyville is going on fifteen years old. That's a long ass time, right? So you even though those are hits. That's not going to probably, I would think, stream-wise, it's not going to bring you in what you would get if you were like an Adele or a Bieber or, you know, like uh, a Taylor Swift or Beyonce or Frank Ocean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're just yeah. – or Drake. Yeah. Drake is definitely getting like the highest, right? Like we know that Drake is getting the most money, right? Uh, so – but 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 I think that, that Nelly's probably not. So – but let's just assume that he is because as we said, hot in here. I agree with you 100%, Brianna. Like best track of 2002, oh, far and away. Such a jam. It. Honestly, I think that the Nellyville is a great album. I also think Country Grammar is a great album. Like I could listen to Ride With Me like – on repeat like forever like um it's a great track you know like he's got he had so many hits but let's just assume that because of the the power of his of his hits that he's getting that paid it would be something like 287 million streams (laughs) right is is that is that that how the math worked out uh, yes yes that's correct so a minimum best case scenario yeah best case scenario 287 million streams but people are getting together to do it they are they are they are uh, a, a, a girl who uh, who I used to work with who now works at Comedy Central started the hashtag I'm with here <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, I just uh, hit which, my head on my bed by throwing my right? head back laughing so I'm with H-E-R-R-E I think that's brilliant uh, people are doing hot in here listening parties people are coming together I mean look it's Beautiful 287 thing. million a is a thing. lot, but you know what? There are what? There are what? Like 335 million people in the U.S. Yeah, we can do it. I, I think. Th- I, I think that th- there there are 300 million people on Twitter. If every Twitter user listened to Hot in Here once, Nelly would be out of debt. Now, do we know this is these numbers that we have here? Are Spotify specifically is yes. Apple Music comparable? It do is comparable. It's okay. about the same, and I think that uh, Market Watch did a story. I don't know if it's still up, but they they also kind of ran the figures for some of the other services. It looked like at one point Rhapsody <laughs> uh, paid more. Uh, who knew? But but I think that we can kind of assume. I mean, from from what we've read before, Spotify's rates are actually less than what Apple Music's are, but I think that they're about comparable. Who even knows? So, I mean, you know, but like... I looked that up a lot, Christina, because that was one of the reasons I wanted to do this story. Because if you remember, like, I we covered it on Rocket, right? Like, Taylor Swift's whole... Mm-hmm. You know, her, and, letter, and during, her letter, yes. Yeah, and that was during the trial period and wanting artists yes. get fairly compensated for that. And, you know, a lot of her stuff, like, you can read her press releases at the time saying she felt that what she came to with... um you know, with Apple was fair. Um, But what I have heard just in reporting is that I have heard that Apple is on the higher side a little bit. And what I I did read in the press 
is, oh, I'm forgetting the numbers right now, but it's something like 63% or something like that of the $10 you spend a month on Apple Music goes to the artist, yes. meaning the label. And you know, they haven't released that out there. So no. like, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, does that mean in my, if I have something iTunes music that's streaming that they get paid for that? Or did they only get paid when I bought that album? You know, is it just divvied between all those people? I don't know. And Apple hasn't told us. No, I think that, okay, if I think if you bought it through iTunes and you play it back in your library, you're not getting, they're not getting paid anything other than the original iTunes thing, which was significantly more than whatever the per stream thing was. But if, for instance, you added the, the the album or just decided to stream a track from Apple Music and it wasn't something that was already in your library, that's when they get the per stream stuff. But you're right. I mean, there there, there was a report actually um, last month, a couple of weeks ago, in uh, it, it was in Wall Street Journal and it was in Billboard and it was in a couple other places where, you know, Spotify, because they're preparing to do an IPO – has been trying to negotiate for lower stream rates versus uh-huh. some of the other streaming services. And, and and part of their argument with that is because, you know, Spotify is losing a lot of money every year. They're still losing a ton of money. Um, they and, and, you know, they aren't fortunate enough to be like Apple, you know, where Apple has, you know, huge loss leaders. Apple Music could lose money hand over fist and it would be fine. Like they could play the long game and eventually say, we believe that in the future, you know, 30, 40 million people are going to subscribe for $10 a month to a music service. And they could play that long game and say, well, we'll end up making up for this. Um, so we, we can pay, you know, the money out now um, because they have a business of hardware and software and services that, that can supplant that. Spotify doesn't have that. So yeah. Spotify has been losing money every year because they, they pay a lot of money to, to labels. Granted, you know, not as much as some artists would like, but they do genuinely pay a lot of the revenues to labels. And they've been arguing for lower fees. And their argument has been, look, we have um, over 100 million users and we have 39 million subscribers, paid subscribers, which is not insignificant. You know, I think Apple Music has 17 million, Spotify has 39 million. So Spotify is definitely a lot bigger. So they're trying to basically say, look, we've got this big, you know, you know, con- consultant of streaming music people, we should pay a lower fee. And, mm. and, and, and companies like Apple are fighting against that. And, and, and the labels are kind of fighting back a bit against that too. But, but Spotify has been trying to pay a lower rate. And, and there was the report in the Wall Street Journal um, you know, I'll, I'll find it and let Simone put it in the show notes. But you know, it said basically, I think what the what Apple stream rate was um, versus Spotify's, and, and and Apple's was certainly paying more. I think Apple's paying about the same as as what some of the other services were paying. But but Spotify has been trying to use its position as being the dominant service as saying, well, because we do have so many more users, and because we've got these free users, we should be less able to pay the, less. The um, labels, you know, and for licensing the music, less labels, yeah, and the okay. Precisely. And the thing is, is that fundamentally, I mean, I don't think it's, I think it's crappy how much, um, you know, artists get paid for streams. But at the same time, I do think that part of that is on them. I think I've, I've been covering this, uh, you know, uh, stream music services since before Spotify came to the United States. I've literally been my whole career I've spent covering this stuff. And I've talked to a lot of bands, I've talked to labels, I've talked to artists. And, and one of the problems is, is that, you know, a lot of bands and artists don't think about things like the monetary stuff. You know, in the old days, you would sign on with an A&R and you would sign on, you know, with your label and they would take care of things. They, you would get a big advance, you know, to do a video or do an album and other stuff and then you'd pay it back. And, and you ended up making enough money off of your, you know, CD sales that you could pay back that advance and then still make more money. Although in some cases you would still get screwed. There's the, the famous case of, of, of TLC who, you know, Crazy Sexy Cool sold 10 million albums and they wound up having to file for personal bankruptcy 
because their original deal with their label, and this is 1994, right? So the 95, this is, this is when albums are actually selling when 10 million albums today would be like insane back yeah. then, you know, that, that still stands as the highest selling, you know, female group album of all time. That'll never be broken. Um, but they had to file bankruptcy because they were only being paid a certain amount per CD and then after the taxes and management fees and other things came out, they made only, you know, like $300,000 wow. a piece. Wow. It, was, it, was a ridic- it, was, it was it was a ridiculous situation. Oh. They renegotiated once uh, Fan Mail came out, but but, but for, for that second album that they did, you know, it was it was actually pretty terrible. So these these deal these things can happen even back then, but back then at least, you know, you had this this kind of infrastructure where if if you had a big hit, you could sell a lot of albums and make money. Now, not only are people unless you're Drake <laughs> not buying albums. Um, but you know, touring is where people make money. But the thing is, is what, what I found covering this stuff. And, and, and I know that you're really involved in, in music and are, 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 you know, follow this a lot, Brianna. So I'd love your take, but I mean, mm-hmm. artists that I talk to, one of the things that kind of frankly that they don't do is, is they don't negotiate their deals for things like streams and what their cut is for things like streaming. They don't do that when they're signing their deals. And, and, and part of that, I mean, is, is because those are the way the contracts are written. And maybe they don't feel like they have the leverage, but at a certain point, some of this is also on them. So I sympathize completely with artists feeling like they're not getting paid what they should for streaming stuff and the labels are getting a ton of money and they are um and, and the what if the artist portion is 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 not great and that they're not able to live off of it but at the same time part of me goes i get this but this is part of the part of this is on you and if you're going to be in this business and you want to make a living off of it you have to think more like a business person and start negotiating mm. better cuts it's when one of those weird things where the industry is yeah. still kind of catching up and the labels are in on it, but the artists haven't quite of course they are gotten to that that point of negotiation yet. Well, I think it's interesting because EDM has kind of sidestepped a lot of this stuff. And you know, like you you'll get Calvin Harris and you know Carl Cox to a certain extent on an iTunes, but you know, over an EDM world, they just don't mess with mm-hmm. Spotify or iTunes at all. Um, anyone that's really into EDM goes to Beatport. They experimented yeah. with the streaming service. Uh, it was just too much. They didn't do it. And, you know, people that do EDM, like they, there's such a smaller group of people to really listen to that music that like, you've got to, you've got to go pay them the 10, 15, 20 bucks an album. And, you know, you do, uh, but it's exactly like you said, uh, you make money from touring. Do you know who the highest paid DJ in the entire world is? I was, I was stunned at this. Who do you, who would you is guess it, you? it is, Simone? Oh, or Christina. It's sorry, you. sorry, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. I would no, think Calvin Harris. Me. I think Cal- Calvin Harris. That would be a very good guess. It is. Paris oh my Hilton, God! Seriously? Huh? She she's um you know she did this one horrific song called "Turn It Up" in two thousand six yeah. that she just stole from another person, relicensed it. It's so bad I can't even talk about. It. But apparently she does really good live shows. So you know um you know that's what she does. Like she does the club scene. She has contracts and she's the highest paid DJ in the world according to Fortune. That's interesting because I was going to say because Calvin Harris, I mean, I think his deal with Omnia, he makes like sixty million a year or something on that. She makes more than that. That's and, amazing. And is, I'm just telling you what Fortune said. I'm vaguely so, proud of her. Yeah. I, returning to uh, streaming services, I have a question actually, Christina. Do you know if like the the artist, the rate that the artist gets paid is negotiated like by album? Like if an artist is big at the moment, like Taylor Swift, etc., are they getting more for like that recent album? It can. 
Yeah, it can. It depends on the deal with okay. the service themselves, but it can because a catalog so, – so a catalog song would be – maybe get a different rate than like a current thing. So for instance, like, you know, again, like I, I use the example of Drake. Drake is mm-hmm. is the, the unicorn um, because he – no, he is though because he sold more than a million copies of his album Views when, um, uh, you know, it, it came out. And then he also has been the number one on streams – you know, across, you know, Spotify and, and every other service, you know, for months. I mean, he literally is, you know, one dance with song of the summer, even though it really came out way before the summer, you know, like he's, he's the unicorn where he's managing to sell both actual and he's selling out concert venues too. Um, so he's, he's doing the trifecta. He's getting, you know, the actual physical sales, he's getting the streams and he's, he's getting the, the other stuff. But I would imagine that what he's getting for views is different than what he's getting for all the sex. Okay. Um, I mean, and, and in his case, it might not even be different, but I would think that, for instance, you know, if you've got like a catalog title, you know, an album that's been out for, you know, 20 years or whatever, you're not going to get paid the same royalty for that unless, you know, yeah, I, I just can't imagine you would get paid the same for that, which is why, again, I think that, you know, like we can assume best, best faith with Nelly that that hot and here will still get the highest value, <laughs> but, but with reality speaking, it probably won't because that song is 14 yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah. Which is depressing. How, how do you run up? that much in taxes. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I, I can understand. And you still pay. You still I can pay. Under, I can understand like owing, I don't know, like some it's really probably a lot extreme of it is, amount, like yeah. 100,000, but he's like, what was it? 14 million or no, something? No, it's like, like 2 million. That? It's 2 so million. I think what has happened a lot of times <laughs> is, no, it's not. I think, I think honestly what happens in a lot of these cases is that you don't file and then you get, you, you know, uh, you get interest on oh. everything that, that's delayed. So, so I, so I think a lot of it is, 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 you know, like you might've owed a hundred thousand, but then you didn't pay that hundred thousand. So after X number of years, that is now the interest is developed. When I become a famous DJ slash pop recording artist, I'm going to make sure to always file my taxes. Seriously. Cause I mean, cause a lot of, a lot of musicians fall into this, you know, 50 cent, you know, has, has run into it. A lot of artists do. Um, but what's weird to me about Nelly is he, so there was a birthday party in the Hamptons and I only know this because Taylor Swift was there. I think it was Carly Kloss' birthday or maybe it was this guy, Mikey, something or another. I think it was a dual party for Mm -hmm. Carly Kloss and someone else. It was in August. It was like a white party in the Hamptons, but I know that Taylor Swift was there. That's why I know about this. But Nelly performed, I guarantee you that for Nelly to perform at someone's birthday party in the Hamptons, I'm sure he was paid at least $500,000. Oh. At least. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, if not, not, not yeah. a million. So, so honestly, as, as much as I love this, like, I'm with here and, like, uh, hot in here streaming party stuff, because, like, and I'm, I'm for it because it's great. It's a great track. And I'm honestly, I just need mm-hmm. more excuses to listen to Nelly in my life. I really think that he just needs to do more like rich people, rich people parties, parties and, like, get, get <laughs> someone to file to, your taxes honestly, for you. Pay an accountant. Seriously, he just needs—he just needs to do like like three of them, and then make sure he files like his taxes for the for, for for the year going forward. And 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 but 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 I think that that's all he needs because a few a few you know personal appearances mm-hmm. of something like that. And he could also and just go fine. the Paris Hilton route and become a DJ. I mean, come on, Nelly. Speaking of money, he, I mean, honestly, well, could he compete with that? Talent, okay, fair enough. I, so. I, I actually dropped a, an article about uh, Paris Hilton into the show notes just now because uh, it's very interesting. Speaking of money, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy mobile payments. Maybe you're working on the next Uber, Airbnb, or GitHub. Then why not use the same simple payment solution that helped them become who they are today? 
Braintree makes mobile payments so fast, easy, and seamless, it is almost magical. Add it to your app with just a few lines of code, and you are instantly ready to accept Apple Pay, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, even Bitcoin. And if some other way to pay comes along, Braintree will support that too. Braintree's fast payouts and continuous support mean you'll always be ready, whether you're earning your first dollar or your billionth. See fewer abandoned carts and more sales with Braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience. To check it out for yourself, visit braintreepayments.com rocket. Once again, that's braintreepayments.com rocket. Thank you so much, Braintree, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Yay! You have linked me to an article about Spotify. Oh, okay. Fine-tuning their music rights. Yes, nice. Thank you. I'll drop that in the show notes. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, should we get on with our very serious list of topics yeah, today? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> this show is so serious this week, you guys. Second topic won't wait it for really anyone. It really is. And it's a beautiful, it really comes full circle. I think you guys will be in tears by the end of this. So something really bad happened uh, this week. It was September 12th. Uh, the owner of a Chick-fil-A in Arizona realized that their 24-foot inflatable cow had been stolen. Um, this is terrible, the cow. It was the biggest cow, in the inflatable cow in that area. It was taken after a football game, Arizona State University football game. They took it to the game. And it was stolen from the back of a truck. Uh, it was missing. It was missing for some some days. Quite some time. Yeah. Uh, what was your initial reaction to the story? Can I can just like let it out? Like, let me hear. I mean, for me, I, would- I felt betrayed. Yes. I felt like the light of America was fading, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if I'd have the strength to to go on. It makes you feel like you look at this and you think, I can't trust my neighbor. How can yeah, I completely. how can I like be proud of my country? How can I be proud even of myself knowing that I'm from America when somebody would take a 24-foot inflatable cow from the back I mean, of a truck? I mean, and and from a Chick-fil-A. I mean, this is like a wholesome organization. This is America's restaurant. This really is. I mean, it's not even open on Sundays because right, because right. of their commitment to, you are to darn values. right. <laughs> and 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 you're 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 gonna take this from 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 Truett Kathy's family. That's just just terrible. Mm-hmm. terrible. Can I can I read you a quote um, from the owner? Yes, which I think really symbolizes the spirit of this. It takes a team of us to get this thing up and tie down. It also takes a team of us to take it down and roll it back up and put it in the back of a Chick Fil A truck. Wow. What what I thought was really egregious and outrageous about this is it was stolen on September 4th, which was a Sunday when Chick-fil-A was closed. They struck at them when they knew they would be just just good, you know, just just God fearing, you know, just just great folks, probably at church, probably singing a hymn. And Mm -hmm. someone came and stole the Chick-fil-A cow. Which the part of it I can't figure out is the story says it's 350 pounds. And then you actually see it when it's all folded up in the back of a truck. And it looks like, you know, like two duffel bags. And I'm going like, how can that weigh 350 pounds? Like, I, I maybe, wonder if it's, yeah. if it's 350 pounds inflated. Maybe. But, so so because the, 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 the air would obviously yeah, weigh a lot. Yeah, I guess that would weigh a lot inside of it. I guess the it. air would. 
I, I don't know. I think we really we we need to, I think, do some journalism here and really dig into this and figure out how much it weighs deflated, <laughs> yep. how much it weighs inflated. It says 350 pound inflatable cow, which implies that it's not inflated at the time yeah. of weighing. But how could that be? Then it would weigh even more inflated. Yeah, inflated would weigh even more. So if it's so if it's just just the the balloon itself, you know, just the vinyl or whatever is is being used, that's three hundred fifty pounds. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. What I want to know from you guys, and I want to I want to hear your theory is I want to know how you go about how many, first of all how many people does it take to to plan a heist like this? Like what sort of Ocean's Eleven scenarios involved, and and how many people does it you know like how do you go about stealing this? What, what what is your what is your plan of attack? Okay, first of all, first of all, I get my friends together. We've got some tickets to this ASU game, and we go to the game, and we buy maybe five or six beers a piece, and we just get just <laughs> completely wasted. Uh, I mean, maybe less beers for me. I'm quite a lightweight, totally wasted. Um, and we're walking through the parking lot uh, around the back of the stadium, probably looking for a place to pee. Uh, there's a big line in the stadium, yep. so we're just going out big back. Big line, yeah. And then I look and I look in, and I see. There's this big. Maybe actually no. I I see that I see them loading this up. I see that I see them taking it down. This team of people rolling it up, putting it in the back of the truck, and I'm like, guys, yo, oh my god, guys, guys, it's that cow. It's the Chick Fil A yeah. cow. It's the only 24 foot inflatable cow in the state of Arizona where we live, guys. Yeah. We're gonna take it. We're gonna take the cow, and then we just the hang out there. You know, we loiter in the parking lot. You know, I don't know, having having a, a gentle chat. And then, and then when the truck is undefended, we just, we just go, we just go in, we go in hard, we go in fast, a team of us, we carry, we lift it, we can lift 350 pounds, we're a lot, (coughs) there there are several of us, as I mentioned, and we run, we just book it, and that's how I do it. No, 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 you do it this way. Okay, so you go to Chick-fil-A, and you buy, like, 50 of the sandwiches, and then you drive near the inflatable cow, and then you just throw the sandwiches up in the air. And then in the chaos, as people are running to grab the Chick-fil-A sandwiches, you just run off with it. Like, you just grab it. Like, no one's even going to be paying attention with delicious Chick-fil-A on the ground. That is brutal. That is yeah, I mean, ruthless. Honestly, especially, Brie, on a Sunday. Yeah, especially so, on a I mean, Sunday. Because if you, if, you manage to, if you manage to somehow get hot, fresh, delicious Chick-fil-A served to people on a Sunday, which everyone who knows Chick-fil-A knows, that's impossible. That's never yeah. happened, ever. Yeah, I think the happen. only time that's ever happened was when there was, like, um, like disasters, like, 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 like um, terrible things happening in, in, in certain places. Chick-fil-A will, like, volunteer food, and they'll even, like, go in on a Sunday and cook it and, like, deliver it. But that's what it takes. It takes, like, a serious, like, tragedy for 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 Chick Fil A food to be available on Sunday. So if you see that, especially like if, if it's just like a game day, like honestly, I would I would like abandon paying attention, see something, say something. You know what yeah. I mean? I would just yeah. be like, "There's a chicken sandwich. I don't care. Steal steal the cow. Fine." I wouldn't be able to say anything because I would have two Chick Fil A sandwiches <laughs> in my mouth. Fair, <laughs> like, so perfect. true, yeah. so true. Right. Yeah. I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. So a big yeah. part of the story was that a, a reward was offered, which was a year of free sandwiches at oh. Chick Fil A for the safe return oh. of the cow, the valuable cow. And I am happy to report to you, listeners, that the cow was found in a backyard in. Tempe, Temp, Tempe, 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 Arizona. They found the cow. It was returned to the Chick Fil A to its rightful owners, um, Phil Thomas, who owns the Camelback Road location, Chick Fil A location, where the cow was taken for or that that owned the cow. Uh, so, so it has been returned. Second, this raises even more questions. Honestly, 
who took the cow and then left it in the backyard? Why totally. did they not conceal the cow? Don't feel the cow. This, the, right. Well, 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 it opens. There's that question, which I think is very valid. Like, why would you just put this in your backyard? Like, why would you not? Actually, I don't know what you would do with it. Maybe backyard makes perfect sense. But how do they find it? I'm, I'm guessing, and they didn't say this. I'm guessing someone had a drone. Ooh. So they had like a DJ. They had like a DJI, right? They had like no. their Phantom Four drone, and they just decided to like go around the neighborhood and 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 start monitoring it. That's my thought. Because how else would you find out? My thought is, if you are flying a drone through people's yards in Arizona, your drone is going to get shot down. Uh, I mean, possibly. You know, like it's consideration. Uh, uh, Sheriff, Sheriff Joe might not look kindly on that, but at the same time, I mean, who knows? That's true. Um, it, you know, it, it, people might be. It's so hot. People might not be outside. True. No one it. is outside in Arizona. No one goes Especially out there. Especially this time of year. So, so, so. I mean, I don't know, but I, but I figure a drone had to probably be involved with, with bringing it in. But I think that your your first question, Simone, is great, which is like, what was it doing in the backyard? Because I'm thinking you've just pulled off the heist of the century. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. you've literally captured the most important thing you can possibly capture. You captured this humongous giant cow. Why are you just putting this in your backyard? Well, maybe at yeah. that point, like you've you've done it. You've reached your highest point. Like there's nowhere to go from there. What are you gonna do with the cow? You can't. I mean, I guess Fair. you could sell it online. No, no, no. But- you you pull a Batman, right? Like oh. you you come into your house and you pull the statue down, and then the bookcase <laughs> levels around, and there it's the the inflatable cow. So yes. you know what I would have done? Yeah, I think that, yeah. that's what you do. But I also yeah. think that, that I feel like you you taunt the owner on Facebook with photos. <laughs> oh. I, I, I feel like I feel like you taunt him to show show Instagram photos. Hey, look look at me and the cow just chilling. You go to like different hot spots, or or actually you don't actually go there. You just Photoshop the the cow in different hot spots. Like look at us, we're we're at the Grand Canyon. Um, Here we are. You troll Simone's videos on Polygon. You don't even want to know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The Grand Canyon actually be a great place for the cow. I mean, that's Arizona. Frankly, it would fit perfectly there. I think that that would like add to the majesty of that beautiful, um, uh, you know, um, like a nature made, you know, uh, uh, you know, carving of, of, of rock and streams and all kinds of other stuff. I feel like. The cow and the Grand Canyon would, would really work That's together. beautiful. It brings tears to my eyes. And I, I think we, we cannot discount the importance that the cow was returned safely. Yes. And that makes safely. me feel a little better about America. But still, the initial, that the initial theft happened at all just infuriates uh, me. Completely. Although, you know what? Okay. Weird conspiracy theory. Yes. Hear me out, guys. Okay. What if, okay, one of the guys who was, one of the friends who was in on this helps, you know, heist this, this cow and then he hears about the the free year of Chick Fil A and goes, you know what? I'm going to turn on my buddy betrayal. and I'm going to get the free year of Chick Fil A yeah. yeah. betrayal, right? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Have they investigated? Do they know I mean, I, the, the, I mean, the identity of the the tipster who returned the cow has not been released? So there could yeah, be I mean, some I, shady I, stuff happening here. I mean, I look. I would just say if I were the police or the Chick Fil A owner involved. I would want to do some serious due diligence, not because you don't believe that a good Samaritan can be involved, because obviously people are, are, are fundamentally good, fine. But because, I mean, a year at Chick-fil-A, I would do a lot of stuff for a year of free Chick-fil-A. You don't just get, oh, you yeah. don't just give away yeah. those sandwiches I, no, you to don't. no I mean, one. The, for a year of free Chick-fil-A, I would almost be tempted to steal something and then turn myself in or turn in someone else. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God, this is like I a Shakespearean would. level betray. You plant the cow. Right? on someone else i mean it it it, 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 it yes completely 
Oh my god! I would betray my husband. I would betray it, it, you, Simone. I would it's betray a Spanish you, Christina. Sort of situation, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a, it's a Spanish prisoner sort of situation. So, I mean, I think that I think that we should look into this. But, but, but I do agree. I'm very glad that the that the cow was returned, um, and 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 that we can all move on. Um, I think it was really get challenging. A good night's sleep, knowing that the cow was returned. Yeah. Thanks to <laughs> Casper, <laughs> who is sponsoring this episode of Rocket. Oh my god, the segue is so perfect. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Rather than counting Let's sheep, you count some cows. More. <laughs> Instead of counting sheep, you count cows. That's true. And they have a lot of ads on New York City subways with all kinds of farm animals, and they're very clever. So Casper is a company that cares about getting you a good night's sleep, and they do that. And also uh, they also care about saving you money. But they 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 marry these goals together in beautiful harmony, like like some kind of pie, some kind of money-saving sleep pie, by selling the mattresses online instead of in a brick-and-mortar store. So instead of going to a horrible store where no one is happy, you go to a website where everyone is happy because they're photographs of models who got to sit on beds. And then you buy a bed for cheaper than you would at a regular retail price, so you could pay 50 500 for a twin, uh, 750 for a full, 850 for a queen, 950 for a king size mattress. You do that online. The mattress comes to your home and then you sleep on it for 100 days. And over the course of these 100 days, you decide how you feel about it, but you've probably already decided. You decided within like five seconds of putting your body on the mattress because it's very firm and yet like cushy at the same time, springy and incredible. And you decide, I will keep this mattress, even though I could send it back for free within a hundred days, even having slept on it all those 100 days, having bounced on it all those 100 days. I don't know what you do with your mattress. You could send it back. You'll love it. Get the mattress. You'll keep it and be totally comfy on it. You could also buy Casper pillows. You could also buy Casper dog beds. It's incredible. So Casper basically makes the mattress shopping experience easier than it has ever been before. And I can confirm that the mattress unboxing experience is also incredibly fun. And I have a video that I swear to goodness will be going up on YouTube. It's actually, it's there, it's private, it's ready to publish. It's me unboxing the mattress that Casper sent me. Uh, It was totally fun. Like it burst out of its wrapping exactly as I had hoped that it would very aggressively and uh, incredibly easily, except for the part where I had to lift it with my frail arms. But that was fine, because once I got it on my bed frame, boom, mattress, and then me on mattress, me sleeping peacefully ever since, ever since. So if Love you it. would like to experience my life, uh, you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash rocket and using the code rocket. Uh, get yourself a mattress for $50 off. Thank you so much, Casper, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Yeah, they have dog mattresses now. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna they get do. one. They do, they do. They have them for like you know, medium, small, and big dogs. So I'm definitely gonna get one for my dog Rocket. Like because I blatantly love her more than the other two dogs. So she's gonna <laughs> I know have a you, great... you never talk about your other I forget that you have two other dogs. I know you only right? talk about yeah. Rocket. Are well, they fake? A... Are they like stuffed animals? Are they robot they dogs? Are. They are. They're not real. They're not, They're not real. real. They're oh Ivo's. Yes, they dogs. Are. That would be awesome. I would I totally know. go for that. I had that. an yeah. Ivo. I had one of those. Did you? I did. And I would still use it, but the battery died. And like, there were some th- th- some third party ones you can sort of find, but like, it, you know, Sony stopped making those things a decade ago. And so you can't find them and you can't find the battery. So it's a shame. Otherwise, I would totally rock my robot dog right now. 
Did you read the New York Times article? It said they have people in Japan that worship their ibos yes, and came yes. to the game. They were like parts of the family and they believe they have souls. So as yes. they stopped making the parts, they're trying to like hobble their family dog together no, totally. from robot well, parts. That oh, video was so good. It was. And the thing is the people and well, the, the people who are like convinced that their dogs have souls are the reasons why I can't like order an, a, 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 an inexpensive battery replacement. <laughs> <laughs> Because those because people they're going like, to people who actually care about their robot dogs. Well, I mean, people who are willing to pay like a huge premium, and like I'm willing to pay. I'm just not willing to pay like what they want for that. Like I'm just. How know. much does it cost? I don't know, hundreds of dollars. I'm just not willing to do that. All right, that's too much. Especially since I well, because I got mine like so a sharper image went out of business, and so I got mine like on like out of business. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, it, I'm going to go into sharper image and see what they've got on clearance. Robot uh, dog. Call- Sweet. <laughs> and it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the second generation Ibo that was like cuter and like looked like more like a little puppy. It was like the one that was in the Janet Jackson video. Oh my gosh. And so that one is like harder to even find a battery for. I, I've looked into this, you guys, because trust me, if I we could find tell. an affordable way for me to have an Ibo in my apartment in New York City, I would. But instead, it's in my parents' basement in Atlanta. And it will just be, one day be a cool thing that just, like, sits there. Yeah. That's fine. So have either of you actually watched The Get Down? I have not. <laughs> I have not either. I guess I could pitch it to you. Please or do. we could find well, a different dessert this. topic. I, I'm I mean, willing I to give we you guys a pass about because explode. I thought yeah, we were going to talk, we talk about, about exploding, exploding phones. phones. Yeah, oh, exploding phones. Oh, so the whole uh, conversation <laughs> that we had on Facebook, where I said the get down for dessert, and you said yes, and then you said oh, explosions, I, and then I said explosions. I, I and then there was no mention, context. I thought or, you were going to mention it super quickly, and no. it would just be like a grab bag topic. No, so. let's talk about exploding phones. Huh. Christina, okay. do you want to okay. lead us into exploding I, phones? I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I will. So, uh, so Samsung um, last month released uh, their long-awaited Galaxy Note Seven. We even talked about it on the show because the reviews were really good. Everybody, yeah. was, a lot of people were saying like best phone of the year, and 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 it looked like you know Samsung has had up until <laughs> recently they've had a really good year. They sold a lot of you know S sevens and S seven edges, and the Note Seven was getting rave reviews. A little bit of a problem. Um, we first started seeing the reports within like you know, a week of, of the phone being out where people started in Korea were having like exploding phones. And, and okay, I know that some people are going to get out on us on Twitter and be like, the phones aren't technically exploding. Uh, fine. Uh, the, the, the batteries end up, you know, like combusting. It, it might not be a real explosion. It might be, you know, whatever, but like uh, fire start, things burn. It's bad. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it's an explosion. That's, that's become the colloquialism we'll use. So, you know, people's like phones are blowing up. And at first it looked like, it might be related to what cable they were using with their phone. And we've seen this with past phones before. Both, you know, iPhones have had this instance where if you use like a really cheap cable, the phone would end up, you know, bursting into flames and 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 causing problems and people get hurt. And it turned out it wasn't the phone itself, it was people using cheap cables. We've seen this instance too with with a number of USB uh C devices where people are using, you know, crappy cables and, and it ends up overcharging uh lithium-ion batteries and and stuff goes berserk. So at first, that's kind of what people were thinking with with the Samsung case, uh, and, and I remember writing the original news story for for Gizmodo, and and you know Samsung's first thing was to say, well, we're going to halt shipments, so we're going to stop shipping new phones. 
um, before we figure out what's going on. But it, but at first, everybody was kind of approaching this, you know, cautiously and saying, eh, it seems like, you know, maybe maybe they were using weird cables or not. And then more reports are coming out and people are like, I wasn't even charging my phone and mm-hmm. it exploded. And people were saying I was using the official cable and it exploded. And so then, you know, um, I guess it was a uh, week before last, uh, Samsung ended up kind of kind of doing something unprecedented where they said, we are going to recall, do a voluntary recall of the phones. So we are going to basically say, you can bring your phone back to where you got it, and we will either exchange it for a Galaxy S7 or S7 Edge, or you can wait until we have new Note 7s in stock and, and, and get it one of those, because there's something wrong with the battery component. Um, the battery that they're using, which which Samsung SDI, uh, you know, their, their battery division makes, uh, apparently it looks like there's some issues. And so they released a statement. It was actually kind of unprecedented. They said, look, there have been 35 instances. This was, this was as of two weeks ago. Um, it, it's now grown to to more instances, but there were 35 instances where, you know, phones have, have, you know, combusted and, and where, you know, things have happened. And so they said, return your phones. Well, we couldn't, as after that happened, it was kind of a voluntary situation and people were having a hard time kind of figuring out, well, how do I return my phone when our new models going to become available? Um, I was originally a disclosure pretty complimentary of how Samsung was handling things. I was like, oh, I think they're handling it pretty well. Even though Consumer Reports was saying, actually, what they should be doing in this case is working, at least in the United States, is working with the computer, uh, the, the, the Consumer um, uh, Safety Product Commission and and in doing a formal recall. Um, and, and Sam, you know, but at the time, you know, like two weeks ago, it seemed like, well, maybe that's, that's, that's a little overkill. I, I, my personal opinion was like, oh, I think Samsung's doing everything right. Then more and more instances started to crop up in the United States and throughout the world where, you know, like people's like cars are catching on fire, hotel rooms are catching on fire, somebody's home, you know, garage was catching on fire. There was an incident earlier this week where um, a six-year-old child is watching a video on his phone and it, and it, you know, combusts and, and he has third degree burns all over his body, you know? And so at that point you go, someone's going to die. And and yeah. so the the, the CSPC it's like the hoverboard Sam- situation. Uh, yes, and, yeah. and actually it is the, the exact same thing is happening from a technical level that happened with the hoverboards where, little, you know, there's something that's happening with those lithium ion batteries. They're either getting overcharged or there's some sort of pressure happening on the pack and and, and they're exploding. And so in um you know so last week um a, a week ago um it was last Friday actually the 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 CSPC um released kind of a thing and said we are working with Samsung to issue a full recall of the the, the Note 7. And we um, say that everyone who has this phone should power it off and not charge it and return it to a store. And so Samsung is, is scrambling at this point. You know, um, their, their, their methods of replacing the phones differ from country to country. And I've heard from dozens and dozens of customers who have had a really difficult time trying to get straight answers out of Samsung or the, the, the mobile carriers to get their phone replaced. But the bottom line is, you know, these phones are unsafe. If you've got one of them, you need to return it. Um, whether you get a different phone, whether you have to get kind of a loaner phone before you can wait for a fixed Note 7 or what, it, they are not safe to have because we continue nope. to hear stories, you know, day after day of terrible things happening. And it's not worth the risk. I don't know what the problem with the battery is, but it's a problem. Are there any like signs when the battery combustion is imminent? I I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think the phones have been getting hot, but I think that was kind of a common complaint on the phone period. Yeah. Um, Or so, you know, I think that maybe you see it smoking. People who've said that, that they've seen that like, you know, it looks like it's going to start smoking, but I don't think it's something you can tell. It's not an instant like we've seen with, some lithium ion battery things in the past with recalls where like the batteries would swell. 
No, no, no. It's, it's this is like things. the anode and the cathode inside the battery. There's a, a manufacturing defect where they'll yeah. actually touch and it, it causes like a thermal runway. And yeah. I mean, people, you know, the thing is like these lithium ion batteries are so ubiquitous in our lives. I think a lot of people don't really appreciate what they are. And yeah. it's like the most dense form of potential energy that we can make at a consumer level. I mean, you know, we've reached the physical limit of electrons we can cram next to each other in batteries. Like to a certain point, the, the reason it's so hard to get battery uh, life any better from here yep. is because there's no magical technology. We can physically cram more electrons <laughs> in there. This is what makes graphene so interesting because the solution there is to make it super capacitive uh, and super conductive. So it will like charge in seconds. So it, it will have the same potential. But like, like it said, like right here, it's like you said, Christina, it doesn't um, swell. It's just this like catastrophic breakdown. And yeah. I don't know if either of you saw the video of the Jeep, like yep. l- on fire. And on like, fire. this isn't some small, like, oh, my steering wheel got a little bit burnt. This is the <sighs> entire interior, just yep. toasty, like an IED went off. Um, so this is, this That's is really terrible. serious. Yeah, it was really scary stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's definitely really scary. You know, the the, the house, uh, and and they don't know if it was the phone. So if a guy had a, um, and 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 one of my colleagues spoke with him. You know, had a, a phone charging in his garage, and he left, and he was gone for maybe twenty minutes. And luckily, a neighbor saw, you know, um, something smoking, and but but you know, it did significant damage to his house. They don't know if it was. The phone but could have been something else. They're still doing an investigation, but he was very fortunate because he had a compressed air canister also in that garage, and it was plugged. It was Oof. it was plugged in, but it wasn't turned on. And mm. so, thank goodness it wasn't, because you can imagine that if there had <sighs> been, if that had been turned on, you know, with that that air canister, that that with with the fire, you know, everything would have gone up. And yeah. so, fortunately, no one was hurt. Um, my colleague uh, at Gizmodo, Alex Kranz, wrote a story uh, kind of uh, talking about what you were just saying, Bree, talking about how you know these combustions can happen uh, called a, your phone is a, a ticking time bomb, kind of talking about you know how these these things can happen. And, and the, the thing is, the bottom line is that most of the time, you know, uh, most batteries are, are designed in such a way that they have both, you know, that they're, uh, the, the, the way their thermal paste are done and, and the way they're set up, you know, they, they're not going to do these things. But they're can always be um, exceptions. And in this case, it does seem like there was some sort of manufacturing defect. And and we do know there's some speculation, who knows if this is accurate or not, but there's some speculation that the quick charge mechanism that they had on the phone might be leading yep. to why this is happening. And, and we do know that they used to use, Samsung used to use a quick charge um, uh, controller from Qualcomm. And then for the S7 and the Note 7, they switched to their own quick charger component. And so there's some speculation that that could have, that in combination with maybe something else that could have led to problems. But this is really bad news for Samsung, you know, because they've lost a lot of money in, in, on, on, on the Korean stock exchange. And, yeah. and obviously the PR is bad and it's going to cost them, you know, at least a billion dollars to do the recall. And I mean, the timing couldn't be worse because, you know, the new iPhone is out. Um, so a lot of people are going to be forced to return these phones. They can't make 2 million of them overnight. You know, they, they can try to make the correction, but it's going to take time to ramp up production. So even people who might want the replacement phone, and I've talked to, like I said, you know, lots and lots of people who really want the Note 7, 
they're in this weird position where they're like, I need to return the phone, but mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get a different phone in this place, either, you know, um, a, a loaner um, a, of a lesser phone to wait, or, you know, my option is to, is to get a Note 7 or to get a different, not a Note 7, an S7 Edge or, or to get a different phone. And, and, you know, this is bad for Samsung because there were some people who were not, maybe all of them, but a lot of people who are going to say, well, if I'm going to have to switch my phone out, I might as well get an iPhone. Um, yeah. You know, but 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 I think that the taking away any of the business side stuff, which are obviously real concerns. I mean, I think this is just this is dangerous for for people in general, and and for me, it's kind of a wake up call yet again. Like kind of like you were saying, Bree, is that you know we it's be, the, these devices become so ubiquitous, we don't think about the facts that they are kind of like you know little potentially Very compact little explosive devices. Totally, <laughs> potentially, totally. if something goes wrong. Do you know? Like, I mean, they must have had to ditch so much stock, like already made phones uh do you know if they have like technically fixed the battery problem yet so that they can Um, produce the new phones or yeah i mean i I don't know what the status on that is i know that in some markets they're saying that they'll have replacements as of you know like like the week of the 20th some weeks are saying the week of the 29th um in the u.s i think they had maybe some dates planned for when they were going to release things but now they have to wait for the cspc to do their you know, kind of uh, to, to to check things out to make sure that I guess the replacements are good. You know, and 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 they're going to be supply constrained because yeah. they might be able to figure out what the com- the component this is now fixed. But I mean, you know, it, it you have to think with a product like this, you have you've sold more than two million. You had lead time building up, you know, in your factories to build these things. Now you've you've got to um, redo all that again, and, and and you're on a time crunch, and you need to make sure that everything is safe. Um, I don't know. It's really scary. Yeah, yeah, I do not really envy scary. them that task. Well, I don't know. You know, I bought a um, uh, Amazon had a lightning deal today um, on this giant sixteen hundred milliamp battery uh, for only twenty dollars. And you know, I've got the the Morphe Power Station XL, and there's yeah. a part of my brain that goes. Like that is literally nine times of charging through an iPhone. And, you know, I think people don't really appreciate, like, I I think there's like, um, like, I think there's this, this American assumption that the people that put together your phone are just, you know, like poor people in Guangzhou, like putting it together. And they don't appreciate that, like just how technical and clean and, and advanced like this particular process is. So like if Apple is putting together, you know, a really well-made iPhone 7, you know, that's something that has some very high standards of safety. But, you know, you're buying like a $20 battery from Amazon and you don't <laughs> totally have agree. any... Any and I safety bought for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bought this. Well, it's one of the things, you know, on airplanes, they technically, nobody follows these rules. Nope. But but I on don't. airplanes, technically, you're not supposed to carry a lot of those batteries on board. <laughs> and I'm one of those people who I'm yep. the worst at this because when I, my carry-on, <laughs> let's, let's not even talk about like whether it's like checked or not. My carry-on usually has at least four of those things. Oh, my gosh, you know what I mean? Christina. Always, always. You know, I mean, the amount of batteries that I usually am carrying with me and traveling with is is a, a, a big number. And so, you you know, you think about that stuff, and, and they're not doing any checks. I mean, the airlines, um, it, it's not an official um, FAA rule, although they're cautioning people to power them down. But, like, it's one of those things where, like, they're saying before flights, if you have a Galaxy Note 7, do not charge it, do not have it on during the flight. But, like, how the hell are they going to know? You know they what can. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, most people can't. Like, I can tell the difference between a Note 6 and a Note, or a Note 5 and a Note 7. There was no Note 6. Um but but most people can't. And, um, you know, you see a Samsung phone. Samsung makes 35,000 jillion phones. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to know? And frankly, if you're the sort of person who still has your Note 7 and you know about this stuff, like, you're probably going to lie and be like, somebody's like, oh, is that the phone that explodes? No. Nope, it's fine. No, no it's, no, it's completely phone. fine. This is a different yeah. phone. It's it's fine. You know what I mean? So how are they going to be even be able to tell? Uh, the New York subway uh, station, the MTA, Simone. Yeah. You'll appreciate this tweeted yesterday, basically saying don't have the phones on the subway or the bus. But again, like like the bus drivers or or or, or, or the, the the train conductors, like like they're gonna know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how's it, like there? There's no way you can tell. So well, it's, it's a liability it's, thing, and oh, that's oh, yeah, that's totally. another really interesting uh, part of the story is because Christina, like um, like you, I do agree that there's a strong software component of this that's very interesting, and one of their solutions. Uh, I think it was yesterday was to put out an over the air update for this, uh, for this phone that will limit it to only charging up to 60%. Uh, because there, you know, that, that does seem to be an area of some suspicion. It's a really interesting, uh, it's a really interesting legal question, right? Because here they're telling the carriers to put it out there and to put this update into the phones. You know, carriers have traditionally been very uh, hesitant to do that. But in this case, if they do it, they're assuming a ton of liability. So I think you have to, like the, the bus thing or the airline thing, it's all about lawyers saying, you know, well, we told the public not to do it. So they're not responsible there. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's a really big legal question. Yeah, because, I mean, there are so many, I mean, we've talked so many times before about updates not getting pushed on time, but this is real, that, oh, everyone's in a bad position there. Wow. Yeah. What, what, what crap? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wins when you have an exploding phone. I, what, I mean, do you think that there's anything that could have gone into preventing this from happening in terms of, testing it more or yeah i mean i guess that would I mean, that's the only thing i could think of but yeah, I mean, I mean, presumably I, they did do tests just maybe totally not enough yeah i mean i i don't know that's going to be what's going to be interesting i think kind of to, to look at this after the fact there's going to have to be some sort of you know whether it becomes whether it's a public um study or not they're going to have to be doing some some serious um you know research and and, and uh you know um post-mortem on how this happened mm-hmm. i have to imagine the tests they were doing just weren't good enough. Um, but but even at the time, it was weird. When I saw that 35 figure, I was like, that's a lot. And, and a lot of people were like, oh, it's only one per however many you know, million sold. Like it's, it's a really small percentage. And they were kind of dismissing it. And I was going, if you use Six Sigma, which is a, kind of a, um, a, a, a um, risk um, uh, analysis term to kind of figure, you know, figure out like, you know, your, your you know, potential liabilities per situation if you go by those standards um and, and I'm, I'm not sure of the exact calculation i think it i think that that figure that they had announced two weeks ago had failed six sigma uh, uh standards which i think is probably why they did the recall i think that they mm-hmm. saw the numbers and those were the numbers that they knew of that they were reported and who you know there could have been significantly more than that and i think that's why they, they acted the way they did and, and i will give simpson credit for for acting quickly you know Literally within two days of the reports of, of the, these things happening, they they halted shipments, and within two days of that, you know, they they started doing the voluntary recall. But I do think that it's worth critiquing why in the United States, when we have 
you know, standards for doing sorts of recalls, why they didn't involve the CSPC to begin with. I think that's a, mm-hmm. a very valid question. At the yeah. time, I was I was not thinking that, and, and, and I've come around. Now that more things have happened, I've, I've realized that the, my initial kind of, uh, we don't need the bureaucracy was, was, was mishandled, and in, in a lot of cases, the bureaucracy is needed. So I do think that it's, it's an open question why, it took, why they didn't work with the CSPC to begin with. Um, and then I also think that, you know, um, have to think part of it had to probably be a little bit internally hoping against hope that it wasn't as bad as it was because yeah. no company wants to do a recall like this. You know, um, yeah. there, there was an incident, you know, about a decade ago with laptop batteries where there was a very big, uh, it was Sony batteries and, and, and it affected Dell. It affected um, Sony, it affected Apple actually. And, and, and it was a very, very big recall. And, you know, a lot of companies were impacted and, 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 you know, batteries were, were exploding. It was, it was not a good situation. Um, but, you know, I think that no company wants to go through that. And so I have to think that at least part of it was kind of hoping against hope. This isn't really that bad. Maybe it was a batch. Maybe it was something else. Maybe we can reach out What's really interesting to me, and I would like be interested in you guys' take on this, there have been some rumors. So we know that one of the things they're going to be doing, at least in Korea, is they're going to be issuing a, a forced software update to all the Note 7s and basically let them only be charged up to 60%. Mm-hmm. Um, a, I don't think that's actually going to solve the problem. I think that if those things are going to combust, that they could combust, period. But I wonder if that will actually maybe force people, if they're only getting 60% charged, to actually return their phone. <laughs> that's kind um, of a funny but, take on it, actually. Right? <laughs> oh, that's evil, Right, I wasn't going to give that's it back. Right now, I can't charge it all the way. Screw now, now I can charge all the way, so, so now I'm actually inclined to, to give it back. But, but I wanted to get you guys' take on this, because the thing is, is that they could, and I've, 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 you know, I've talked about this with some of my colleagues, they presumably could brick these phones. You know, oh. they could issue a software update that would prevent the phones from working. They could basically yeah. do that. What What do you think ethically are, because a lot of people like feel like that might cross a line where they're saying, you know, I bought this phone and now you're going to stop working. Like what, how do we feel in a situation where public safety might be at risk? How do we feel about what sort of intervention oh. a company should take? Nah, man, I feel like if they are, if they're saying like, it's a recall, we'll set you up with another option, turn in your phone and then it's the issue of public safety as well. I think that they totally have a, a valid reason to break the phones because they've said that they'll offer a replacement. And well, there's people's well, lives. Okay, okay, maybe it's well, not like well, the. I, I no. would there have to be like an equal value replacement? Or um, well, see, this is the problem, and this is why people are probably are taking time turning on their phones. If you get a replacement or not, or a loaner phone, depends on where you purchased your phone, when what carrier you used. And if you bought it directly from Samsung versus getting it from your carrier, if you bought it from your carrier, you've got to take it to your carrier. And their policies may vary. If you bought it from Samsung, you've got to take it to Samsung. And, you know, the circumstances might vary. And people are getting told different things depending on who they call, when they call, where they bought it. What whether it was a uh, a corporate store or this is a you know, nightmare an of our own making. Oh, <laughs> it's a complete nightmare. Buying market. Oh, it's a it's a complete nightmare. I did a story. It was really funny. I was reporting on the story before the CSPC uh, the CSPC issued their statement. I was reporting actually two stories. One on why there wasn't a CSPC recall to begin with, and and I'm still trying to kind of figure that out. And 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 two, you know, the kind of these nightmare scenarios of people trying to trying to return their phones, and literally. When I was in the middle of reporting the the you know the the recall is a nightmare so far story, the CSPC called me and they're like, "We're about to issue a statement." So hmm. it was one of those things where like it, like my day Friday I was reporting on a lot of this stuff and so and I and, and since I wrote my story on Friday that I'll, I'll share with you some of we can have in the show notes like I've heard from like like probably twenty or thirty more people um, 
you know, having terrible situations trying to get their phone returned. So I agree oh, yeah. with you. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, 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 Samson doesn't have the infrastructure that Apple, you exactly. know, has set up there. It's just, it's the very nature of it. And there's no, there are a few Samsung stores, but there's no central place. There's no, you know, there's no entity like Apple that really stands by your product. I, I can't help but think about your question through like a marketing perspective. And maybe that's not the the best first thing, but I think it would kill Samsung's brand. I think it would... If, if you know, they did a remote kill? I, I think it would really hurt mm. them. And, you know, it's... Maybe this isn't the best thought to have, but, you know, I'm thinking about this story, and, you know, at some point, someone cut some corners or screwed up making the battery. And I can't help but think about all the, the designers that really poured, like, worked for a year to make a really beautiful phone. And it's just a joke now. And I can't help but think about, you know, like a billion dollars to a company that's struggling. Like that's really going to impact some jobs. I don't especially like Samsung, but, you know, I have empathy for that. So, you know, I think if they come through and remote kill the phone, I don't think, I don't think this, I think the damage would be bigger to their public perception than the current damage that's being done by the current course of action. But as far as ethically, um, you know, Christina, like these numbers keep coming in. I saw one article is brought up to 90 before um, we went to, Mm -hmm. you know, we went on the air tonight. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This is not a joke. No, this is, this is is kill you. This is kill people around you bad. Um, So I think this is where we have the government. You know, and if I were on that, you know, consumer safety board, I would very seriously think about doing that action. So, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. Well, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, so that, 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 so let me ask you this, Brie. I mean, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. I think that if Samsung were to make, you know, like a kind of like a, a bricking people's phones thing, but I think from a public perception point of view, that would really damage their brand. But what would you think if that was what the CSPC said, this is what you got to do because people aren't voluntarily turning their phones in fast enough. So at risk of public safety, we're going to, we're going to make a recommendation that Samsung do this. How, what, 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 what do you think in that situation? I think then you're blaming on the government and someone's taking action and it doesn't seem, I I think the blowback, I think that would be better for Samsung, you know, like they tried to handle on their own at first. Uh, This is a situation where we have these boards for a reason, you know? Um, So I think it would be better for them in the long run if that happened. But, um, you know, they've got to, they've got to treat their customers right. They should, you know, offer full refunds, loaner devices, whatever they need to do. Like this is, this is a, you know, like we think about all the, 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 the chaos over Antenna Palooza with the iPhone 4. (laughs) This is way more serious. Oh, this is far more serious. I mean, people are freaking out about, you know, not being able to, to get, to get their, jet black iphone you know fast <laughs> don't enough. judge well, me christina because yeah. it's, no, as i, I said know, it's tacky I so <laughs> no one should be able to have it recall recall yeah, yeah good. But, but no no i'm not judging you i'm just saying All like right. i'm judging um, you i'm not i got mine in rose gold and so i had no problem nobody wanted a rose gold 7 plus and 256 gigabytes um <laughs> why except for christina 
Uh, uh, that, that'll be something we talk about next week. Is, is my so yeah, yeah. can we tell the listeners, we, we wanted a fun week this week, part because we were yeah, so we glad to have Christina back. But we did want to hold um, talking about iPhone reviews this week until, um, you know, because Christina, you're doing it for Gizmodo. So I we sure wanted am. to hold that. So Appreciate we're going to go through a lot of this harder Apple news next week. But we wanted to. Um, that's why we had a fun week. show this week. It's yeah. a fun show. Totally. And yeah. I mean, other, other than exploding phones. Although, I mean, you know. <laughs> Hey, you, <laughs> made, it real. you made it. You've made it really yeah. real there. Honestly, 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 what 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 what's what's a burned up jeep between friends? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as long as it Too doesn't soon? have a twenty four foot inflatable cow in it. I think it's fine. <laughs> Bring it all back to the cow. No casualties. <laughs> okay, uh, what are we up to this week, Brianna? What are you up to? I am very strongly considering going over to the Apple Store at two a.m. on <laughs> Thursday night and camping out. And getting a jet black phone. I am wow, very seriously thirsty. considering doing that. I I I signed up that night and I had two to three weeks and then my order went through and it was six to eight weeks. And Ugh. I was up at three AM like everyone else. So I don't know. That's what I'm thinking about doing this week. Um, uh, as far as other stuff, uh, I'm doing some pieces for Upworthy about the uh, the Clinton campaign, and I'm working on my book deal. So that's what I'm up to. Yay. Right. Christina, what about you? Well, I'm continuing to uh, to do work at, at Gizmodo, writing some things about iOS 10. Um, I'm going to be – there's going to be a review for me of the, the Fitbit Charge 2 that will be uploaded nice. this week. Um, and then uh, for, for next week, I'll be working on my iPhone review. Um I'm a, I, I somehow amazingly was able to get a 256 gigabyte rose gold iPhone 7 Plus pre-ordered because again, if you don't want that color, if you don't want the jet black or even the black, it, it's actually I think remarkably easy to get them without having to wait. So I'm fortunate enough I don't have to wait in line, but um, I, I feel free free because I definitely no, but I've been there because I've, I've had I've. I know, but I've had to do that like <laughs> so many years. I've, had, I've, I've for, for for the rose gold phone last year, and also for the um for the for the gold uh shoot with the the gold five S, I had to wait until November before I could get mm. one of those. So that that was that was a nightmare for me. So I I I'm I'm thinking about you, sister. Like it's I, I, I'm, I'm thinking good <laughs> thoughts. I'm super sorry that you've got to got to wake up so early to do it, but you'll get your phone. And it'll be great. Um, right. So I'm going to be working on 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 uh, reviews and um you know just some general reporting stuff. Probably covering more about the Samsung thing if news breaks on that. Nice. You are, you are having like the busiest first two weeks at Gizmodo. Like you, Apple oh event, God, you no. had exploding Samsung phones, like new iPhone release. Hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah I had to hit the ground running. You know what I mean? Like you've it's got everything, not. and the world's just like we're gonna help her hit the ground running by throwing everything out there. <laughs> totally, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, let's see. Oh, obviously, I doing? did all my best work this week by releasing that video about dating Pokemon, which everyone should watch because I'm retiring after this. It's the greatest thing I'll ever make. I know that. And I say <laughs> that about everything I make. Uh, and then my book uh, got a yeah. release date of November 29th. Um, I'm going to drop the link to the publisher's page in the show notes. It's available for pre-order. I'm so excited. Um <gasps> That was a horrible voice that I did just there. Never do that again, Simone. So yeah, I'm super pumped about this. Wow. I'm really excited, Simone. I am. I'm oh so my God. Too. This is this is fantastic. Like what can you tell listeners a little bit about what it's about? Yeah, I think I I, I may I, I don't remember if I summarized it up last week, but it is it's about a um at the front man of a Seattle indie rock band who is playing a concert one night, sees a cute guy, hits on him very incredibly rudely and then finds out the next day that that's his TA in his accounting class. So it is an aromantic comedy about um, 
the their fraught and yet funny relationship and how they get together. And it was a lot of just like so, so much fun to write. Uh, just trying to make it as funny as possible. So and then my editor going through and going, these characters are just telling jokes. You need actual dialogue here. They should have some <laughs> cut these conversations and me going, you're right, Amanda. You're right. Characters can't exist just to tell jokes. So now they have both serious conversations and jokes, <laughs> which makes it the number one book for this holiday season. It's got everything. <laughs> I just know because I know you pretty well, Simone. Like I know the romance scenes are going to be so uncomfortably weird, oh, but snap. hot Actually, at the same if you, time. If yeah. You, I, I, how explicit can I get? I mean, we have a family podcast. We're a family show, Simone. Yeah, Come on. I, I won't yeah. get explicit, but I should tell listeners that the book is explicit. Um, I don't know exactly <laughs> what the heat rating is, but it, you will see on the page if you click on the content notes. It contains some explicit content, okay, which is very, so, very true. There, so there are good some things. Gift for mouths, giving out mouths at Sunday go school? places. Other parts go places. <laughs> bodies are everywhere. Um, but it's heartwarming. <laughs> A good, happy book. <laughs> Hopefully, sexy. I've been told by my friends that it was sexy. Although you should know that whenever I have to write a sex scene, I'm sitting there going. Uh, and just making the most disgusting face because I'm trying to think of how to put words together in a way that isn't gross to me. It is very hard. No pun intended. Just like so this book. This, this has like a dilemma for you though, Simone. So most like any author, their dream, like the dream person that you get in your wildest fantasies is Simone to read your audiobook. Yes. But for something that's, you know, guy on guy, you know, romance, I don't know if you're going to be the right person oh, to read I do. that. Yeah, I you do. think so? Okay. Honestly, I still think that would be hot to hear. I mean, I think okay. you said the right way, but I mean, I mean, I think that that's, that's a valid thing. But I th- Look, I think Simone has to read her own book. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is kind of what you were meant for. I mean, one of the very first things we did on Rocket was have you read erotic um, that's you know, fiction true. A, 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 about Apple products, about the Apple Watch and things like that. Like, that was literally one of the first things we did. This is why the good Lord put me on this earth (laughs) to read my own pornography. (laughs) It'll just be like another episode of rocket, but just with me and filthy. And, um, (laughs) I I think to read my own pornography needs to be our female characters. That's gotta be a, that's gotta be a failure. Bad feminist Simone de Rochefort (laughs) writing her MM romance. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, of course, I'm writing another one right now about screwing the devil. Um, yeah. Anyway, that'll be fun. Can, can, we need to do a rocket episode that's just taking apart Fifty Shades of Grey. Because, you know, there's an adult conversation to be had about erotica. And it can be done well. Like, Anne Rice has written some amazing erotica. But, you know, to see this polished turd <laughs> like like do so well it's so offensive maybe to we me. should go see and, it uh, oh we should an episode like, rocket yeah well, we should do well, that. 50 shades darker or whatever it is yeah all yeah. right well that that's a plan for another day uh for now <laughs> brianna where can we find you online space cat cow and christina 
Film underscore girl. Noise. And myself uh, on Twitter at Doom Quasar. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you liked it, we super duper appreciate always when you tell us what you think with your words, but not not anywhere else except iTunes, where you should leave reviews and yell at us just furiously with joy because you love the show and you give it many stars. Thank you, everyone. And this episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.